you know, life, life, it has a way of bringing out things that you need to look at and then have the courage, have the courage to look at it and say, hey, okay, I accept. I see where I've been holding on or where, where I treated someone in this way or what I said was not from my heart. And I can see these things and giving forgiveness for yourself too in this process. And I mean, yeah, just knowing, knowing that we are nourished and we are looked after and, and so much gratitude for every single day that we get to be here. Finally, we got to chat to Joe Fanigarg former pro athlete and legendary South African rugby player who now resides in Costa Rica running Rama Organica Retreat Center while practicing as a transformational leader who serves to awaken beings and boost their growth. Now this might sound a little woohoo for some, but I can promise you that Joe has some serious answers to living a more optimal life that I wish we had more time to explore. And although we were connecting from two other sides of the world, I genuinely could feel Joe's contagious energy and passion. And the conversation got deep and meaningful, real quickly. My favorite type of conversation, as you guys know by now. Oh, and also the best part about this episode is that I was joined by my partner, Rocco, who stood in as my guest host. Now, asking him to take on such a public role would usually take a lot of convincing. But fortunately, Joe just happens to be one of Rocco's childhood heroes. Like many South African kids wanting to pursue rugby as a career and even going on to play for Melbourne Storms in Australia, Rocco was incredibly inquisitive as to how Joe decided to bid farewell to his career as an international renowned rugby player. A career that for about 20 years, Klein Rocco Tali dreamt of pursuing. So let's get straight into today's episode, which is sponsored for the very first time by one of my businesses, namely Custom X. We recently acquired the sole distribution for Thrill International Units, which are premium glass chillers that are internationally patented and produced in Italy. The units come in a range of different sizes, colors, and styles, and not only frost your glass without diluting the liquid, they also sanitize your glassware and bar equipment. For more information, head on over to custom forward slash x.co.za or follow the Instagram page to see the units in action via at custom underscore x underscore sa. Enjoy the conversation with Joe and if you enjoy it, please don't forget to rate and subscribe so that you are the first to know about the epic lineup of guests that we've got coming in 2022. There's been so much press and podcast interviews that you've been doing. I feel like there's a lot that you've been doing over the past two years. And I was very, with someone who's got a marketing and PR background and strategy thinking, I was actually wondering where that's all coming from. Like the resurfacing of you in the press. I was very intrigued by that. Yes, I, I think I think it was probably about a year and a half ago that I decided to kind of come back onto the social media platforms and uh, just re-engage and connect with people again. And, uh, and then, yeah, I think my presence came through there uh, from just from being offered for, for, I think I was offered for about five years um, since I stopped playing. So, so yeah, that, that was a very 
uh, can I say, um, a lot of growth happened through that the last year and a half. And then obviously opened some opportunities for, uh, for connection with uh, people that I'd known before and new connections. And so I, I see the beauty within it, but I also see, I've also come through a lot and, and recognize a lot within it too that, that um, you know, the both sides of, of, of all of it. So I've got the contrast. <laughs> and that's actually that's actually what I'm very interested about because I've come to see a lot about you like in on social media more recently knowing Jungle Joe or what I see of Jungle Joe whereas Rocco is very much um idolized you since he's been younger as Rugby Joe and that's why I brought him along for the conversation because I'm so fascinated to hear the story of where that transition happened and to know a bit more like starting with like your childhood and, and your upbringing. When I was playing, uh, I was known as Big Joe. Um, so, so yeah, so there's, there's, there's been a, a big transformation from, from the playing days. Um, but obviously when I was still playing, uh, they, were, you know, they were calling me Big Joe. And then from there, I kind of converted into Jungle Joe as I got deep into the forest, you know, so. So yeah, so there's been a lot of changes, a lot of transformation over the time, and and um, yeah, just as I sit here now, I just feel really blessed to be able to have come through relatively unscathed in a lot of ways because obviously rugby, being the sport that it is, it's extremely physical and a lot of contact, and I think a lot of players, you know, go through um go through very very much the highs and lows once they come through and they end their careers and so that's a big part of 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 kind of what i've been sharing a lot as well with with um ex-sports athletes as well as other human beings that are just going through a lot of transformation and i think that's one of the you know one of the things that we all go through in this life and I actually heard a beautiful thing about that because I had always been someone that was like, I need to transcend this thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then I heard this quote from a beautiful uh, spiritual master, Sri Muji, and he says that we don't always have to transcend. We can, always, we can just be nothing. And what that actually meant for me was a lot in my life because I've always been someone that, you know, determined to transcend and, and, this like big emphasis on transcending adversity and hardships and obstacles and i think that that's a beautiful thing too to be able to transcend because life is actually essentially transcendent um however it also is the the idea that you know the beingness and the nothingness and those so that's delving into a whole deeper spiritual realm but but um but just that touched my heart a lot in terms of my own process that's amazing. I love hearing that. And I think, I know, Rocky, you've got, you, you're wanting to start with the big Ragas question. Also, I, um, you just... <laughs> yes, man, it's so, it's so crazy. I, like, I can't believe that we're actually speaking like, with you. Like, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's just, it's actually amazing. It's so crazy. Well, I'm so, I'm so happy to connect with Belo South Africans and my brothers and my sisters and just be in a space like this where I can feel the, the love, you know, and yeah, just, just to be in those kind of spaces and to, um, 
yeah, and just to to converse in this way with you both. I think it's such a it's always such a privilege to be able to share whatever experiences we've gone through. And I think it's also about like sharing those experiences because a lot of people, and this is what the beauty about podcasts are, you know, and the ASA stream podcast specifically, it's a lot of people being able to share their, their story. And I think that our human story is extremely powerful, especially when we share it and other human beings hear that story and they can, can kind of collaborate to that or they can correlate with some of the things that have happened to you in your life so so many people have come through such adversity you know and it's very humbling when you think about your own small story and what you've had to go through and then you recognize that other human beings and what they've been through and the the things that they've transcended in their lives and it always brings me this kind of sense of you know, humbleness when I, when I actually tap into that, because I see like, oh, wow, did he go through that? And then it makes what I'm looking at in my story. It's like, oh man, this is a piece of cake. Come on. What do you, you know, what are you, what are you getting upset about? (laughs) (laughs) That's so so interesting that you say that. I feel like I want to touch on so many things, but just um, you're, I'm always fascinated when people find sort of purpose through pain and you just talking, okay, just about your transitioning from sort of your rugby days and this life that you had, what I was really intrigued by and, and what I love about the work that you do and the teachings that you're, you're or like the experiences and stuff that you're sharing and people's lives that you're influencing it's very interesting because whenever I chat to not only Rocco, but he's come, he was brought up in a very Afrikaans um, sort of upbringing in a small town where rugby's everything. So I know you know this this story, you've heard it before, mm. but um, his dream was to become a professional rugby player. So I think he realized at the age of 21 that it wasn't going to happen. Also, typical story due to injuries, etc. But had his fair share in like... Um, um, you know, showcasing a lot of talent and it was going to be his career of choice. And just that Yang, he, okay, he's quite positive about the past. He can talk about rugby, but a lot of mates and people in similar situations have got a lot of pain for not being able to achieve what they thought their sort of lifetime goal was. And I find that this, and I, we've spoken about your career and uh, quite a bit in, in that you know, well, Rocco's schooled me in um, how unbelievably talented you are and the things that you've achieved. And it's so interesting and awesome for me to see that you've moved into a space where you feel more happier and content and you can take this past experience and, and help others. I think I'm like beating around the bush, but basically what I wanted to say is like, I know that Rocco and his teammates and people that didn't reach those goals and a lot of like, we now, well, I'm in mid thirties, but you can see that a lot of guys that still have chips on their shoulders for not having achieved those things, which is crazy to think because now we're older, more mature, but yet we still have hangups of things that we wanted as teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I feel you know, a lot of what you said, I think aspirations as a, as a young South African, the opportunities that lie within, you know, going for, you know, being a rugby player or a sportsman in general is very kind of, it's a very appealing thing for South Africans growing up. And especially, uh, you know, young South Africans going for that. And I think it's also partly because of our, our past, you know, of course, uh, 
our, you know, traditionally uh, the 1995 World Cup, when we, you know, all of that, it holds very strong in South Africans' minds, especially the one that 1980 models and the ones that are a little bit like 1980 to 1985 or 1980 to 1987. Those, uh, those uh, generations really have a strong pull towards rugby and I think it's also partly because of the the sport and the unifying kind of abilities of sport and specifically in our country rugby as you would say like Rocco no but we it was a, it's a religion rugby you know people are completely like in it and kind of almost becomes like an obsession you know so so yeah I would say that for for a lot of a lot of uh, the youth that are growing up and a lot of people that have come through that are now older and more mature, we can really look at this and we can say, hey, but I'm still potentially carrying something that happened to me 10 years ago that I that was perceived as an unsuccessful thing. But then what we can also look is what did that bring me? What, where am I now in my life? And start, start shifting the perspective in a more positive way to, because obviously what we've done in the past is gone you know we've all we've all we've all heard about that but the present moment and then obviously when we are projecting into the future this doesn't exist what it's what it's doing is taking us out of the present moment and so i can i can guarantee that anything that's happened to someone in the past where they perceive it to be a failure in the present moment right now um they need to check themselves and look at that because actually where they are right now, living in the past and reinitiating those emotions, unwanted emotions where they haven't succeeded. And this is the other question that I pose. What is success? What is success? Because for someone in society, maybe success is climbing the echelons of getting higher and the hierarchy of becoming the CEO of a company. There's no, nothing wrong with that. But then is, there, is, is it any less success to be the farmer who cultivates his own organic products and own organic fruits and veg? So it's a very interesting kind of through the questions also that you posed to me, it made me reflect a lot upon how we are perceiving these things in our lives and where we're looking at, uh, where we're looking at it from, where we're looking at it. And that's, a crucial thing in this path of healing and transformation too. Um, but I really do believe that like, if we are looking at these things, things that are arising in us um, within our minds um, and sometimes the charges within our, you know, the emotion that it brings too. And you know how powerful the mind is in this sense. So it's specifically how it records old memories from the past. And one of those memories is, Oh, I didn't become a springback. So we hold this as a very strong thing within our psyche as well as in our in our bodies. And a lot of times we reenact that that exact feeling that we had when we didn't make it or when we had that big injury or whatever it was. And then this this uh, this brings us. We're in the present moment and we feel all of this. And it's like we reenact that, and then we keep kind of processing it and keep reaffirming it by our belief around it what do you think um younger jungle uh rugby joe 
would like your that typical question like what do you think your younger version would think if you were to tell yourself like where you are now like where you are living and this amazing life that you you living like what do you think your younger version would think of it oh well i i i suppose that they would uh they would look at it and probably be wow what happened to him <laughs> Joe, is it <that> you? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I feel, I feel that, um, yeah, just one thing. One thing also is that um, for for any of the youngsters that are coming up, um, there was, yeah, there was a couple of things within that because I was interested also to know the the this thing around competition you know that like a lot of our conditioning and where we've been and how we're brought up kind of can push us more into that competitive field where we're competing a lot and we're trying to become number one and all of that so there's that side of things and then there's also that some youngster could be growing up and maybe not essentially really pulled towards competing and so this is where I think there's a massive avenue for for development of these beings when they're coming through is that giving them the outlet for creation, giving them the outlet for maybe not, they're not kind of resonating with competition, but they can have an outlet where it's like, oh, I can do yoga, I can meditate, I can explore art, I can play music. So, so you know, I, I, I also feel that probably in the school most of the schools, it's really pushing towards being number one. And, you know, there's this whole emphasis on, and this is why we are so conditioned when things don't work out, we, we, we suffer, you know? So it's like having that, uh, opening that up for, for the beings that are there, but that aren't potentially maybe drawn to being competitive and to becoming number one, but maybe they are the beings that are sort of merging more with, you know what they are in a different kind of process of in their in their parts. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And like yes, this I wanted to ask you this, like what going back ten years, fifteen years from now, like during your peak of, of your rugby career, did like the overall where you realized, listen, this is not for me, um, I need to change my path or whatever like was it a thing that happened? Um, how can I say like um, at a specific moment or did it happen over time or were you like playing say for the last two or three years thinking that listen I'm not actually this is not my kind of thing anymore I want to get out of it I want something new um, yeah what's the what how how did things change that's a beautiful question uh, I think that I think what for me personally what happened was I got a, a really like a heavy injury um, towards the like, I probably, I probably happened about two, two and a half years before the end of my career. Um, and I, I, it was a pneumothorax. So I punched my lung. And what happened when I came back from that, I was, I even within inside myself, I wasn't, I think I had lost a bit of my functionality, obviously from having that injury. And then, 
going back out onto the pitch after you've had an injury like that, where you've been in hospital for 10 days and you had, you know, um, a, a lot of pain and a lot of, you know, even emotional things to have to deal with. And then kind of reintegrating and coming back onto the field. Um, I still was giving it my all, but then you're kind of a little bit more tentative as you would know, like when you come back from injuries, so you're a little bit more tentative. And then, then just the process of the capacity of what this body has uh, been blessed by this body to be able to be given that. And, but I think that that's where it kind of, it kind of started for me after that injury where I was, where, where the capacity of the body was not able to give on that level, a hundred, percent or 120%, you know, like, and so I did all the training. I continued to be consistent, showing up, doing what I had to do to keep myself in shape. So I still signed another two years on from that point. And gradually over time, I was kind of, I played that, that next year, played well, did well, all was good. But then gradually uh, towards the end, I really started to recognize. And I think that that was my major hit to my ego was when I wasn't, when I was an integral part of the team. And then suddenly I got like kind of put on the side. And through that process, that led me into more of my own growth. I, I kind of looked at these things and once again said, okay, but how, how are other people perceiving situations like this? That I, all these unwanted feelings came, a feeling of rejection, different things like that. And how, how are other beings perceiving this? And so that led me into a whole nother path of just exploring more the inner work, you know, and this was probably six months to the end of, of my playing days. Um, and so, so I really look at it as like the impetus to what led me to where I am right now. And, and then not allowing that situation, me, me to become the victim of that situation, but me to really look at that and accept where I was and then move through those unwanted emotions, which come up when, when you know we're not getting what we want. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you were still you you were still like big time in the like how can I say like the 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 team environment and the culture, the rugby culture. Everything was still good, well, strong. I mean, um, I, I reckon being in that kind of the energy around you all the time is just next level. For everyone being on a high at all times, it's such an amazing feeling, <laughs> and I miss it big time, and. Uh, yeah, it's 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 such a big change for you then to sort of move out of that that whole space of being part of a massive team with a lot of talented rugby players, athletes, and uh, yeah, like how the whole change just took place. Yeah, so that that that's such a you know I can feel your passion as you talk about it, and I'm just as passionate. You know, we we it's such a beautiful thing being in a brotherhood and in a team, you know, that, that you're all playing towards a specific goal or you have a vision and you're playing together and you do anything for your mate. You do anything for your teammate. You would, you would, you know, literally there was teams that we were in and especially this last Toulon team. But then even before that, no matter what it took, if your brother missed the tackle, you would make the tackle for him or you were willing to, everything on the line for for your teammates 
And uh, that's why what I felt now, the energy of when you talk about it, because it really is that it's that camaraderie that, that as rugby players, I, I personally, I miss that. I miss the camaraderie of, of being in a team, of, of working with your brothers and saying, hey, like, okay, I got your back. You got my back and you can really check in with each other. And, you know, the, the, yeah, just that team spirit that comes with that and that's built. And uh, especially when you start winning together and you go from, from, from like kind of the lows and you've just been, you've been in relegation and now you get promoted and then you're in the promotion and now you're in the top level and now you're playing and to, to be in teams like that, it's such a, it's such a privilege to be, to be with your brothers and, and playing for each other. And so, so yeah, I really, I really relate to that. And then, yeah, that was part of this process. And I mentioned it, the dark night of the soul. It's when, it's when things aren't in alignment anymore with your inner world. Um, and, and that's really what I felt towards the end, you know, because for instance, like, going out and, and having good times at some point in time when you reach the point where you, that's not serving you anymore. And then, and that's not serving you in a world. So you kind of like, okay, well, where am I then? And I remember that happened to me towards the end was we won everything with Toulon, um, the Heineken cup, the, or the champions league now and the top 14. And I was actually, relegated i wasn't in i was part of the squad but i wasn't in the team for those last six months and so for me i was actually um you know out out from the team but i'd always pump positive energy all the way up until my last day and then and then i remember the team came back and they were celebrating in toulon and there were there was like thousands and thousands of people and it was just like it was a beautiful thing and i celebrated it with them but I had this voice inside that just said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I think I had really reached my extreme of parties and of, you know, joling with the oaks and just, you know, everything to the max, everything. And so I just like, I came to that place in my heart where I said, I'm okay with, with, you know, with this, with this shift and with this transition. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe other people turn to to things in their lives once they finish their rugby careers, um, and it's really hard to deal with that the loss of identity and the the deeper existential questions arise. And uh, so, I would say that if anyone's going through that kind of process, they should really start to just be with themselves and um, and not go searching outside and looking for the answers outside. Well, obviously, those those answers can come also through our guides and through through other human beings, through other messages. If we bring attention to that, um, but you are just keep focusing inwardly, and 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 I, I can guarantee you that all the answers are there within. And as much as these these feelings of, you know, I've lost something, it's like losing a loved one in a sense. It's like the same kind of feeling because you're now kind of transitioning out of something you've done for so many years. Hmm. Yeah, I find it so fascinating though that 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 time that that period is also such a pivotal moment for you to. Also, I'm I'm impressed that you went through that and you heard your inner voice and you followed it and you did inner work. I know this is going to sound like 
quite a like I'm stereotyping or I don't really know much about you know what it's like to be in this brotherhood and rugby and being idolized um but it's I can imagine that there's not a lot of emphasis on the like mental, oh sorry, mental health side of things. And like the more you speak, I'm like, I wonder if schools are starting to implement this more. And I wonder if, you know, if like Rocco, I, I'm going to take credit for this, but when I met him, the, from a spiritual point of view, and it wasn't as like he wasn't as in tune to a lot of the things and that's why i think as you speak i'm really fascinated that you uh that you because it sounds like the easier route would have to be to stay within this comfort of good pay um being idolized comfortable you and you're always constantly having people around you like coaches and guiding you and and then to walk away from that which must have been terrifying and and as you've mentioned before your ego and you probably had a a couple of like conversations and it must have been very tough it's just really impressive that i don't know how many people are willing to even at whatever age um to to do the work or to be still and that's why because it sounds like you weren't as spiritual when you were younger i'm not sure or were you and and or was that really a, a pivotal point in finding more spirituality oh no no doubt about it i mean i always kind of contemplate this question it's like you know obviously you meet human beings that have recognized this very early on in their path and sometimes i'm like wow like there's 28 year old i come across them and they're so present and they just yeah and not projecting into the future not living in the past just not not living from the the ego structure per se and and who they think they are and and uh, and and it's it's always i'm always taken aback by that and i'm like wow you recognize this and then for other human beings it's like getting to this point where they go through unbearable suffering and that unbearable suffering suffering leads them to more the deeper questions which is like what am i doing here um you know who am i um and 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 then that leads you that leads you further into into your heart actually and um, and you know it's still it's still a daily process it's still a daily process of of checking in with yourself and there's obviously there's many different spiritual practices um, and then this other beautiful thing that I've heard also from my master is is that you know all these practices all these spiritual practices lead back into what into presence and so it can be elusive for the mind because when we give these things to the mind it wants to try to figure things out and what we're talking about is more feeling and sensing and so this this is definitely the path uh going back uh in and so it was also another beautiful thing was was do we need to practice to be ourselves and so that's the other thing but i think we've all being conditioned and where we've come from and we've got specific things specific beliefs that we keep reinforcing that we keep believing in you know whatever that is i'm unworthy i'm unworthy i'm unworthy we can see why the why that then you know continues to perpetuate in our lives because we hold these beliefs so strongly and uh, and you know belief is is an absolutely it's one of the most amazing tools 
it's 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 one of our gifts to believe in something how powerful is it to believe in something and so so i also think that it's necessary for us to check in and also then to go a little bit deeper because we can all be in the superficial you know we can all continue just you know this is who i am and there's another beautiful spiritual teacher around us he talks about that he says we're all um we're all god and drag you know and so it's really makes a lot of sense to me what that is actually entailing is that you know we we may have our jobs and we may go out and we may be doing the best that we can do but when we look at each other in the eyes and we recognize that there's that moment that we recognize there's something deeper there's something it's not just the superficiality or the self image or where i've been what i've done or what achievements i've you know accumulated over the years or how much money i have or the, the list goes on you know and it's kind of like so fundamentally it's just discovering you know our authentic self and what we are like and, that, and so that for me has become really like even in my process but that that doesn't mean that i don't get knocked down i get knocked down because if i if i allow myself then then to get caught in my own personal story and i'm projecting into the future then i'm create i'm setting myself up for suffering because it's like say say as an example i said okay i build within my mind i build this 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 thing within my mind that of let's just say in a relationship as an example i the the human being that i'm with is showing me signs of where they're at but it's not just what they're talking it's how they're acting but i'm too caught in my own story of building a relationship with this human being and 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 having a future so i'm i see the picket fence i see the house i see all of these things in my mind but the human being from this perspective is not showing me that they're showing me something else and especially they could be saying something but doing something differently in their action so this is one of the biggest lessons that i've had to learn and i learned it the hard way because me and my competitive being i'm like oh i'm going to win this over it's going to happen it's going to be going to make this happen it's 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 um it's already done but that was just in my mind and i was actually clouded not being able to see the reality that was being shown and so this is a crucial crucial thing for me is like listening into that higher intelligence when you hear that message trust it with everything that you have trust it because normally and i can speak from my own experience because it was recent it was 9 months ago and i can say but when that intuition comes boom and there's like a red flag or you see something and it and it and it warns you and it says hey but this isn't the long term it's in that moment that you listen to that and then trust it trust it because the more that you trust that voice as opposed to saying okay cool this has come up for me now um and this is the higher intelligence but then you give it to your mind then you you let your let you let it brew in your mind for whatever that whatever that high intelligence and and message was you put it into your mind and your mind tries to figure it out and like tut 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 oh, but but you know she said that so that means this and you create all these stories in your mind but it's not even true and so for me i see how when we are really tuning in and we are listening we we then are able to make 
but we are able to glide, we're being guided, you know, from our highest intelligence. And so that, that makes a difference, massive difference. And I can honestly say the suffering from not listening to that, I'm here testament to say, <laughs> listen to that, trust it, because it's going to be your biggest guide um, through this life. Uh, so, yeah. Yo, I feel like I, yeah, I, I do that often. We've had a few scenarios recently as well with mm. big life-changing um, sort of opportunities come our way. And, and it's literally as clear as we say yes to this, the path's going this way, we say yes to that. And, and I've actually, it's exactly how you described, I've been sitting in my own suffering and it's all been down to expectations and whatever's been going on yeah, in my head. And it's also been hard working remote, but working from home. And I'm constantly strategizing, working with, um, in marketing with clients and stuff. It's in my head and talking shop that I don't get out of it. And I had like one day working from a remote office with a friend. And I said to her, I was like, you don't actually understand how you've helped my mental health today. Because just sitting and listening to her cuck and her issues, I went and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I've got my job and not her job. And I literally, <laughs> we had a girls dinner yesterday and we sat and, and each one of us opened up to like how we in a bit of a, emotional state of a bit of suffering all of us in our own heads and all three of us had exactly the same concerns it was money related it was like the latest south africa ban and what effect it's having on business it's like and mouth ulcers and women's menstruation like everyone was just complaining about the same stuff and afterwards we were like oh why don't we do this more often like we should complain <laughs> just together <laughs> to vent because then you realize you're not alone like just that release of and then choosing who's whose shit you'd rather have like i'd rather have my own shit than someone else's that's basically what i'm what it boils down to <laughs> because uh, it's yeah cause, sounds yeah. pretty cathartic yeah because also we realize how like you when i'm in my own mind i'm super privileged because i'm thinking just about the, the lamest things that are upsetting me or controlling my mind or the expectations that i'm having that aren't met even in um, us living together for a year now that expectation thing and that's exactly what you're saying you're just creating your own suffering so yeah What's, what do you have to say? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've actually, um, do you know what the one thing is that we went on a, a holiday recently to um, Habitas in Namibia and it, oh, it was incredible and their whole sort of ethos is really to, to disconnect in nature and of course to be present and the, it, it's so you know, through from the staff to the setting to everything that they create experience wise, it was really, really incredible to get out of like our heads, our worlds and to just have this experience that we came back and implemented things that were so the biggest thing that we've implemented aside from the playlist that we got from them and the candles and the Paulo Santo that we liked mm. <laughs> the biggest thing is our, our I'm so glad Rocco's on board with it is the sanctuary in our bedroom that no cell phones are allowed in the bedroom and it's oh, been, wow. yeah and it's an, it, it might be something so small but it's something that we've actually just been implementing for the past three weeks and just that little change is life-changing. I mean, he's glued to his phone at certain times for work um, yeah. 
and in bed that's like my pet I've always said to him like because I've been in a I feel like I'm lucky that we found each other at a later stage in life after a couple of things that we've been through in hardship that when we do have time in bed I'm like I actually want to enjoy just lying here and not see a scrolling of Instagram and someone else's life or a load plan from work come through. Mm-hmm. It's like bedroom is super sanctuary for me. So it's the best thing we've implemented since that holiday. <laughs> True. Well, it, may, it, it makes a, a complete sense. You know, if you think about it, why wouldn't you want to be cuddling instead of looking at your phone? I mean, what do you want to do? Cuddling is bringing you so many endorphins and it's bringing so many pain-relieving uh, chemicals and release. And it's just like, what would I rather be doing? I'd rather be cuddling no, than, than, than looking at my phone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, now he's on board. <laughs> no, but it's also, yeah, it's, it's also before I've, I've been in a situation where I'd also like, I wasn't happy in a relationship before. And so my phone was the best thing to have in bed because it's the best thing to distract me, to take me away, to not listen to my inner voice, to not see the signs. So yeah, it's interesting how quickly we get, the more you, and I was actually so glad to hear your scenario of also going through phases of being in your head and, and, and what you go through, because I just have this idea of you being in the jungle and you practicing the work that you're doing and you having the knowledge. I just sometimes think like, that was one of my questions. Like, do you ever have those down times and how do you, like, what's your pep talk? How do you pump yourself up if you've ever in a downer? Like, do you experience consecutive downers? Do you experience self-sabotage? I don't know why I'm putting you on a pedestal, but... <laughs> No, 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 no. I think that that's all valid. And, you know, as human beings, we, we all go through, we all go through strife and suffering and things like this and self-sabotage. Um, I, I would say that, you know, the last nine months in the form of like transformation has been one of the biggest pairs of my whole entire existence. Um, and really related to, um, related to relationships. And, and specifically romantic relationships and how in a relationship, how things come up for you and specifically things that you thought, just a little bit of context and why I'm mentioning this was like for five years, I was like absolutely like I was on a path of devotion, uh, celibate. I wasn't having sexual relationship, things like this. And, um, and that was that was perfect for where it was. But then I came out of this relationship and I started to check all my boxes for what I perceive to be what I need to do to feel the best that I can feel. And things for me was like going out, pumping some weights, you know, really looking at my, my diet and what I'm putting into my body. I actually moved on to a ketogenic diet. I went to carnivore eventually for about three months. I was meditating in the mornings. I was just out in nature and uh, visiting the river often and just, just, just really like being here, you know? And so through all this process, I, I really felt a lot of peace. And, and, and then, and then all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden uh, I, I started to like contemplate the idea of actually potentially spending some time with someone else, maybe going on a holiday, but nothing serious. 
And, <laughs> and the universe delivered that. And then I was like, wow, okay. And then I, I opened myself up and I said, okay, I will, I'm going to enjoy a sexual relationship and I'm going to go into that. And well, can I tell you the things that come up for me that I thought I had already put to bed? You know, they talk about like the seeds, some of the seeds that are there that come up at stages that we need to look at with inside ourselves because it's not the, the reflection that we see, it's within ourselves. And so things that I hadn't felt in a very long time, like unwanted emotions, like jealousy, for instance. Now, where was this jealousy coming from? I hadn't felt jealousy for 10 years and now all of a sudden I'm jealous. And so... It was a very interesting process for me. And, and I came through, I came, so I noticed all of these things that came up and the triggers and different things. And obviously a lot has changed because I wasn't in a reactional state to what I was feeling. And so that was a big shift for me and paradigm for me in, in this life was, was to actually notice that, okay, this is coming up for me. It's coming really strong and it's a feeling in my body, but I am able to just, witness i'm able to just see this and not have a reaction towards it and and then to methodically process and question and okay well why are these things coming up for me and and so i discovered a ton through this process but i feel like and subsequently i'm not even with this woman anymore but what the other what the other truth that came for me through it was that when you, when you are manifesting, when you're feeling this feeling inside, you're feeling so good, you're feeling love, you're feeling that you are the love and that all of these great uh, things that come from that, from, from you know, the gratitude just for being, the gratitude for all of the different things in our lives, the, this vibration and the frequency of that and the compassion um, and the peace. And so, so, so feeling all of this with inside was definitely mirrored in my reality and that feeling that I had that attracted what I'd been thinking. So this was the power of the manifestation and really manifesting what you want into your life was the, was the, um, was the feeling that I was feeling inside and the, and the future that I was creating through the thoughts. So, so magnetizing that towards ourselves and I, the great uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about this too. And I related to that because I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what happened to me. So it, it, it manifested in physical form. But then what the thing is, was then not to attach, not to attach to that beautiful physical form that presented itself, but rather to be an appreciation for what had been delivered by the universe. And, but, but as a human being, what happens? We immediately want to attach. We want to say, okay, but now you belong to me. And we want to create this whole story around that. And this attachment comes in. And so, so this was really where I had to check in with myself. And I actually, for some time, I went very much into that story and the story that I created in my mind that was just in my mind. And as I mentioned before, the other red flags that were being shown to me, I was unable to see that. So, so just through not being able to see that, I continued, I continued. And what that led me further into more suffering. And until eventually a point where I just had to end, I had to stop because 
I had learned all these lessons, but I was just actually allowing myself to suffer more. And, um, but the key to this whole process would have been thank you to the universe. I'm in so much appreciation for this. And then, then recognizing, you know, being here, being in your heart, but recognizing, okay, this being is not where I'm at. Maybe I want to create a future. Maybe I want to create a family. I want to be, you know, have a, a long-term relationship, but this being was not showing me that. So if those are the signs being shown, then let me not attach. Let me be, let me be detached from this. Let me just be an appreciation and show unconditional love and then certainly be able to let go which I feel is an art in this life to be able to let go and not to attach because as we, I, I study the Buddhist principles and the three principles that keep human beings in suffering. One of them is attachment. The second one is ignorance. The third one is anger. So that the first one attachment, I've literally lived through this of being attached to an idea, being attached to a physical form. And at some point in time we suffer. And so so yeah, you asked me that question is a little bit loaded, but I um, of course, of course, um, going through suffering. But I think the most important thing to come through the through to recognize where you where you need to make shifts in your life too, and how you how you're perceiving um, or how you're experiencing certain situations um, from you know from from your heart. Sure, what a journey. That must have been quite like yeah, quite like a, a relationship after so so long and I and you've obviously got a lot of drive and passion. There must have been a lot of highs and like you said, a lot of lessons learned. So I think that's fascinating. Um I wanna know, um <laughs> with uh I feel like you've got so much to offer in um like you've tried now keto you're obviously very very talented sportsman still and still into your fitness what have you found in the past like six months or even more recently that's like really worked specifically for you for like optimal performance when it comes to like mental clarity energy um yeah physical any new like recipes that you find um have really worked for you I, I personally just, I just feel that like the path of self-inquiry is a very, you know, it, it, it bears fruits, you know, it's like checking in with yourself. And I think it relates to relationships in a massive way. If, if you're consciously aware that you can work on yourself and you're not projecting out to someone else and saying, oh, it's your fault, or why did you do this? Or, you know, it's, it's looking within and saying, hey, okay, this is coming up for me. It doesn't feel good. Maybe you can communicate more clearly with, with whoever you're with, but then going within and, and then, yeah, just, um, yeah, so that's a big thing, self-inquiry. So it's checking in and seeing where you're at with your thoughts and where you are with your emotions and, uh, and where you're looking from. I think that's a massive thing on a daily basis for me personally. But then there's so many different parts uh, where people are coming into that presence, you know, of what they are. And so... Self-inquiry for me is, is one way through. And then also I love to take some quiet time every morning uh, just, to, just to recalibrate, to get into, my, into the center and just to then start the day off in this way. I think then anything that arrives to you that could be potentially take you off that center will not because you would have calmed, you would have calmed the mind, you would have come into your heart and then 
whatever's coming up in your day, it's like, okay, I, I'm going to deal with this. But it's like, you're not looking at it with this like, oh, damn, this is like the end of the world or whatever. So that really helps a lot for me. And then I would say that, yes, I, I experienced carnival for, for, um, for three months. And uh, that was also, I mean, if, you, if you're capable of eating that much meat, um, every well, it, basically a tomahawk a day, that's quite a lot. And uh, then we also have to think about the sustainability of that. But I look at it as a cause. Uh, I mean, I look at it as a healing treatment as opposed to a way of life. Um, and then, so that, that I can say definitely from a physical point of view, it was, it was really, um, it, it, it ignited all of those factors within our being that give us more energy, that, that help us feel good, help us feel strong. And I love to say that, but like the eternal Viking, that is where it's at. You know, it's like looking at situations. How can I, how can I transcend, but all just be nothing? Those are the two ways. But then, but then this eternal Viking that's within us that we can um, bring out. And, um, and through these processes was a lot to do with also sprinting. I think that that also brings a, a range of chemicals into the body that, you know, as we as we age, uh, we start using these uh, practices to to kind of bring in longevity, to kind of help ourselves to um, to not only feel younger but to look younger as well. And so, so there's yeah, there's specific practices that I would kind of I would say to anyone that's out there, what is it that you're passionate about? What 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 do you like doing? Do you like dancing? Do you, do you are you are you passionate about meditation? Are you passionate? What are you passionate about? What do you, what do you, you know, like to do? What hobbies do you have? And so there's, there's, there's that aspect of it. But then the, the I always say like, just check, check the boxes, you know, if for you, you know, okay, if I wake up, I need this, this, I need time away from the cell phone as you guys are experience, experiencing now, you know, or I need, or I need, I need to do physical training, for instance, because this helps me to, to be more calm or, this just makes me feel good. Um, so there's, there's a range of different things that you can look at. And we, we, we all know that they're all out there. They're very accessible um, to all of us. And so I just felt, I just really felt that. And I'm, and I'm actually in a process right now um, related to the nutrition. Uh, I just started ketogenic like three days ago. And before that, I'd been eating cakes and croissants, uh, power <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Like flipping, flipping, like uh, I was actually in Mexico. So I was like, they say there, they're like comida, cafe, and mezcal. So they're like, <laughs> they're like, um, cafe, obviously, cafe, and comida's food, and mezcal, you know. So it's like, and, and it was, and it was the ceremony of the day of the dead, uh, which is in the United States is like Halloween or the rest of the world's Halloween, but there they, they celebrate it in a, in a kind of a different way. They are like thanking the souls, all the souls that have passed. So their families, they make altars of their whole family, the pictures, and then they offer their family food. They invite the souls in from, from there and then they bless them up. They like, they celebrate that and they have these big meals. And um, we actually on the day of the 31st of October, we invited in with this Mexican family. They invited us into their home. And then, they, and then they served us the whole day. I was like, where am I? This is crazy. Like, you know, 
like just just you know i was thinking about like in the united states or in, in in europe like no one would like just let you in the front door and these folks are like please come in and share this day with us you know um and so i know i've, I've winded on a little bit here but but um i uh i definitely from the last like two months i was definitely just exploring everything you know from a from a sense point of view and uh and now now i've kind of it brought me back to ground because now when i stopped that and i've gone into ketogenic that's obviously no sugar or very low sugar no carbs and uh you know moderate protein and some and basically high fats so i noticed that yesterday the sugar talking the sugar is like oh just do you want to go for that cake <laughs> and i'm like yeah you know that voice eh? like uh, okay no I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put you aside for now i'm gonna continue but it's like it's it's crazy it's crazy the like the 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 the, the, the like the pull that it has you know and so so it's been interesting just just noticing that but I've got my fat bombs. I don't know if you both experienced ketogenic, but I've got my fat bombs, which has got a little bit of carbs in it, but it's not too high. And, uh, and that's got like very high MCT oil and stuff. Just in case I start to feel like, oh, I need the sugar. I can just pop that in and we'll be okay. Yeah, I must say that's that's one we haven't explored yet. The whole keto side, we quite like yeah. open to certain things. He's into the intermittent fasting and yeah, we've explored. Mm, he lo- he loves that one, but I think yeah. it's just his version is because he just likes to eat. So by having a sort of time restricted eating period, he knows he's going to eat less. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, like for when you train two or three times a day, you feel like, no, nah, it's going to be fine. I'll eat a whole. I might just eat two chickens. Why not? Yeah, yeah, let's go your, for it. That was your previous. So. <laughs> that was yeah. He was re- yeah. You don't do that anymore though. <laughs> no, but back You've in the learned, day. You've learned. He's learned. Like when I met him, he was on that typical train twice. Protein. Burn, Come on, yeah, protein. To burn more calories. <laughs> and yes, why am I not losing weight? What's happening? Yes, man. I just want to lose like five kgs, but what's happening? Yeah, checking your diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but that's um. Yeah, I must say that that the whole like uh, sugars. We also both suckers. We have, if it comes to like just one something that's too indulgent like a little holiday that we had and we come back it's it's really hard work to get back into sort of a focus we're not restrictive when we come back but obviously we're not eating the same quantities and not having cocktails and whatnot and just those first couple of days it's like torture and that's when i start to analyze how can food have such a hold and influence on on one no (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was. It's it's been said that that uh, sugar is just uh, just as addictive as cocaine. So it's kind of like it's hitting the exact brain, uh, like part of the brain. Hey, that where it like affects that, and our like it like that 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 kind of feeling that it gives you. And then when that gets taken away, almost like wow, I don't really feel comfortable anymore. And then it's kind of like what's what's going on here? And I mean, it can be related to so many different things as well. Even the, 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 you know, this, the chemicals that are released when we fall in love or something. So it's like, and then when that gets taken away, how do you feel? Like, oh my gosh, now, now I'm checking in and saying, hey, like, like, and then where's, where, you know, where's the peace gone? <laughs> also, that's another thing. So it's very, it's just a very interesting process as human beings. And we're transacting. It's, it's part of the plate too. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know, detached from these things, but then also like 
we're human beings and I think it's also necessary for us to experience and um and to to have a good time and you to to experience the senses and to really but not to get carried away and lost within it, I suppose. Totally. No, I totally agree. I um, t- Do you have a question before I end off? Yeah. I just <laughs> want to ask you one thing. Going back to the, to the rugby days. Obviously. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, literally like that last day when you stepped out of the, the rugby life, your rugby career, like, was it, did you have some kind of plan or was it like, fuck, what's your plan now? Where, what, like, what's the plan? Where am I going? Like, did, did you know exactly, like, what's the next steps? And um, sort of what got you to be where you are today? Like, this all, I know it's been a super long journey, um, but it's, it's also at the same time so interesting to see how, um, I just think overall how you changed as, as an idol and how you moved within life and where you are now. It's super interesting. And yeah, I'd just like to hear yours, your side. Such a, once again, it's a loaded question. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I agree. Like, it's, um, no, it's, it's been a fascinating journey thus far. And I think that um, even to where I'm at, at the point where I am right now, I don't specifically know what's going to happen in the future right now and um i think from like our mind and our ego perspective we kind of want to create this you know what's gonna we we project again and then we kind of we create the story um into the future and so i think that just the one thing that i've learned and specifically from the process of ending a rugby career all that i knew that i needed to honor my soul i needed to honor what was coming up for me that voice when I talk about that, I talk about the high intelligence because that's really what it is, that, that deep innate wisdom that comes up and says, okay, just honor, honor yourself now, nourish yourself, look after yourself, give yourself the time, just give back to yourself because all this process of just all of the carnage that happened through 15 years of playing professional sport or however long it was, I think it was 13 years of playing professional sport. And, you know, I started, I think I started when I was like 14 years old, I started playing rugby. I mean, some of these boys, they start from like five or four or whatever, but I started at 14. And so I've been playing sport like nonstop and then specifically introduced into that world, you know, at a very young age. And then being exposed to all of these other legends and just being and then living this life and going through that and taking every experience and learning and growing and coming through and and hitting rock bottom at stages, but also then being at the high highs. So it's like all of these different contrasts and then really coming towards the end where where um, where, as I said, like I had a bit of dark night of the soul. That was where I was not in calibration or not in alignment with what that intelligence was saying to me and so so that took some time to recalibrate and then once i finished i kind of just moved into a sphere of wanting as i said before of wanting to nourish myself looking at all the principles and practices to become a better version of myself um, and and then looking within and so continuing that process continuing to do the work to detox to clean there's so many different healing modularities out there for us to kind of like recognize, to look within, to go within, to help us, to assist us. And then coming towards the end of that, but then also seeing that you're human and that you're going to experience these, 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 there's going to be times where, you know, you are going to 
uh, you are going to go through things that are not necessarily um, that not necessarily people would look at and say, oh, that's not easy or that your heart got sore or whatever it is. So there's, this is the part of the human life and the human birth. And I take that, but also I see for where I am right now is that I also, you know, we can do the same thing over and over again and expect, uh, we're expecting a different result, but it, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. We have to change. We have to shift. And so that's been part of the process is to really like, to really like merge, to, to, to merge with what we are, you know, as opposed to just keep identifying with my story and my personal story and where that's taking. So, so that's been a massive evolution. But as I say, even in the last nine months, that has been totally transformative because it's, it's just brought up so much for me that I thought, Hey, no, you've been meditating, you've been quiet, you've been living from your heart and you've been looking after yourself, nourishing. But, you know, life, life, it has a way of bringing out things that you need to look at and then have the courage, have the courage to look at it and say, hey, okay, I accept. I see where I've been holding on or where, where I treated someone in this way or what I said was not from my heart. And I can see these things and giving forgiveness for yourself too in this process and and then you are just knowing knowing that we are nourished and we are looked after and and so much gratitude for every single day that we get to be here you know that i get to meet with you too beautiful beautiful couple like um, incredible you know like i feel so i always feel so blessed by that so i feel blessed from other other south africans other human beings that are here and just beaming you know thank you oh it was so amazing to finally connect i feel like we need to come and do a trip to costa rica come see what jungle joe's life is like because <laughs> whenever we watch videos like when either of us have seen like you especially when you're training like literally sprinting in the jungle we're like oh my gosh this life looks these glimpses of it look just so amazing. And yeah, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing. And I know I could chat for hours, but I really, really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. And I think Rocco would give me a run for my money. I can see he's a foot boyky. <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> you, you totally made his month. He's gonna, he's, if anything, he's going to take this end part of the recording and send it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and have an amazing day. Yeah, thank you so much, Marissa and Rocket. Thank you so much for, for the space today. I Honestly, I feel so uh, blessed. And uh, you're just so happy to share with you both in such a, such a wonderful space to be able to do that and all the work as well that you're doing in, in, in kind of bringing these topics up that maybe, maybe people, maybe us as men, we, we, we have the stigma that we don't want to expose our feelings or we don't want to allow our feelings to be seen and, and to be shared and also to, to live in our feminine, the aspect of us that is feminine too, and to explore that, the creation that comes from that and the giving and the receiving and the, the beauty that lies within our feminine that the feminine that is within us. So, so thank you so much for, for, for everything. Yeah. Pleasure. And have an incredible day that side. And I know we'll stay connected. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.